Did you hear? This is your Johnson County Library Insider. And now, our monthly must-knows. Here's the episode's call number. 158. These books are on positivity and resiliency. They provide powerful practices for bouncing back from disappointment, difficulty, and even disaster. We present your word of the month. Terra Incognita. An unknown land. Unexplored country. Here are numbers you should know. 1,208. Johnson County Library had 1,208 programs in 2020. 756 were in-person and 452 were virtual, of which 188 were recorded, with a total of 83,323 people in attendance. 36,262 attended in real time and 47,644 viewers watched a recording of a program. Welcome back to Did You Hear 2021? It's been a while. But we're back with your Library Insider, and we have a lot of exciting changes that you'll learn about shortly. One change is that now each episode has its own theme. This month's theme, things that you can still do at the library right now. To talk about this theme and dive into some good library stories, I want to introduce our four new co-hosts to the podcast. But before I do... I want to let you all in on a little secret. I don't know these people. At least, I don't know them very well yet. But I think part of the fun of the 2021 Did You Hear podcast is that you, along with me, get to get to know these, I don't know, maybe fine people? Let's find out. Let's begin with introductions. So... If you would, I would love to hear your name, um, your favorite format in our library collection, and finally, what you would sing if we hosted a karaoke night. Hey, Dave. Uh, I think I'll jump in here and answer your questions. For all of you listening out there, my name is Charles. I am an information specialist at the Johnson County Central Resource Library. Um, I love to listen to audiobooks so my probably go-to part of the library is actually our e-audiobook collection it's so nice to be able to just download those audiobooks instead of having to carry all the cds around with me so that's been a big change switching over to the e-audio i have a background in music so my my go-to's are probably uh in karaoke 80s or uh, probably Billy Joel's my favorite artist, but the songs that I know best right now have got to be uh-huh. all of the Perry Grip kids songs. So it's Rain and Tacos is constantly going through my mind. So that would probably be the one that I know the best right now with <laughs> my d- young kids at home. <laughs> I don't know that one and I don't know that I want to know it. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my catchy. goodness. Yeah, I am so glad my daughter is in college now. I don't, yeah. All right, well, who's next? Hey, I'll uh, go. My name is Shannon. I'm a page up at Central, although uh, with Central currently um, closed down to just a little Central, you'll you'll find me at Antioch and also down at Leewood. Um, I'm kind of all over uh, shelving books for people. So uh, my favorite format in the library, the e-audiobooks is a really good one. I love having those on like while I'm working around the house or driving around town. But I think I'm going to say the kids' picture books are my favorite. Uh, I, I have two kids uh. and they're, they're grown. They are not in picture books anymore, but uh, I still love rummaging through that area. The art and the words are always just so great. And for karaoke, I don't think anyone really wants to hear me sing. Um, I, I generally tend to be more of an observer <laughs> at karaoke. But if, um, you know, I was forced to go up there by some uh, belligerent friend who wanted to make me do it, I think I'd probably pick um, maybe Love Shack. Uh, by the B-52s, just for that, you know, uh, that one moment where everyone could join me sure. saying 10 roof, you know, that, that would, that would probably be about as good as it's going <laughs> to get. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast. And I totally hear you about the, uh, uh, kids author, uh, kids book, uh, illustrations. I, I think that that medium is just amazing. And the fact that there's an award, does anybody happen to know what that award's called? I, I totally forgot what it's called. We'll put that in the show notes. That's what you do when you forget. You say, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, but I mean, the fact that there's an award for children's illustrators, I think, is is pretty amazing and, and shows you what uh, a serious field it is. And, and it's uh, some, some really talented people. Well, last but not least, we have one more. Hey everyone, my name is Nick Wardbop. I'm a makerspace facilitator at the Black and Beach Makerspace at the Central Resource Library. And I would have to say that my favorite library collection format would be um, something that is makerspace related, and that's Thingiverse. So a lot of times when patrons are coming and have never used a 3D printer or don't don't know what 3D modeling is or how to create their own 3D models, there's an awesome online um, database to uh, search 3D models and, and find all sorts of cool stuff called Thingiverse. And you can also, if you're a designer, architect, engineer, you can publish those uh, files there for other people to utilize, which is really, really cool. If I was forced to sing karaoke, um, I would probably sing an Elton John song. Um, this Train Don't Stop is one of my favorites, and uh, it's just because it's easy to remember, and um, it's a super fun song to sing. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I lied. Uh, I, I thought Nick was the, the last, um, but it's not true. We, we have one other host that has joined us. Uh, Jack, we're just at this point, introduce yourself, um, tell us what your favorite format is, and then finally, if you had to go to karaoke night, what would you sing? Oh, shoot, those are some good questions, Dave. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you. I do this as a profession. Yeah, so. yeah we're, all, we're all dabbling now. Um, <laughs> hi, my name is Jack Vandaloo. <laughs> I'm an information specialist at the uh, Lenexa Library. Uh, how do you mean format? I guess is my first question. 
So, uh, e-library, uh, is it, uh, you know, an audiobook? Do you like uh, a physical book? Um, do you like online resources? You know, I have become... What, what do you gravitate to? Almost a fanatical convert of e-books, honestly. Like, I had never touched a Kindle prior to the pandemic, but I got one of those paper white Kindles, and, like, I don't think I'm going back. Like, I just... It's literally perfect. I, you know, and I, I just got glasses for the first time, but it's, you can make it big. You can read all the prints. It's like perfect. Wow. All the books are there. You don't have to worry about returning stuff. Like it's incredible. And uh, as for karaoke, uh, that's a good question. Let me see. The last time I sang karaoke. Oh, I don't know what I'd sing. I love to sing Kanye by the Chainsmokers. That's my favorite, probably. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, welcome. Um, it would not be fair if I didn't introduce myself and put myself through that torture as well. So um, my name is Dave. I'm on the web content team. And uh, boy, uh, my my favorite format uh, might be streaming video right now. I mean, it fluctuates. I mean, sometimes it's books. Sometimes it's e-books. Sometimes it's e-audiobooks. But, but right now, uh, especially during the pandemic, I've really loved our e-streaming video. And Canopy has saved my life. Because I, I really feel like I've, I, you know, you've got different streaming services, but I feel like there's only a percentage of quality. And once you get through that, you know, <laughs> top level of stuff, then you're like, why am I watching this? You know, um, so Canopy provides uh, some really great, great movies. And so I'm so glad the, the library offers that as a service. Um, karaoke, you know what? I, I don't do karaoke anymore, but there was a time I got pretty serious about it and I won a couple competitions and then all the people <laughs> that were like in the finals of these competitions were all dressed up and they're treating it like it was the voice or whatever. I'm like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> um, but I'd say probably the last thing I sang was, um, by Arcade Fire, keep the car, uh, keep the car running. Yeah, so that's that's what I'll go with. So when we all go out tonight after the podcast, we've got our set list, <laughs> or or not. We should probably stay home and <laughs> socially distance. <laughs> Do another Zoom video too. All right. Back on, you know? <laughs> well, so as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, uh, we are are going to. Um, talk about the things that you can still do at the library right now and i'm first going to throw it to charles and charles who did you talk to this week so this week i talked to hope harms hope is one of the librarians in our collections department and she deals with all of our e-resources so the e-audiobooks uh the e-books as well as the e-learning content that we have. And so I wanted to sit down and have a conversation with her kind of about the e-learning resources that we offer through our website to all of our patrons and kind of how she finds those resources, how we decide on which ones to offer, and look a little bit at one of our more recent e-learning options, which is Udemy. Uh, and that is uh, the conversation that oh, cool. we had was all based around that. 
right, welcome to our segment on e-learning. Today, I am having a discussion with Hope Harms from our collections department. Hi, Hope. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Excited to talk a little bit about e-learning because it's such an exciting area of our collection. Yes, and I'm happy to have you here with me. Uh, Could you just tell us all a little bit about what you do in the collections department? Absolutely. I'm our e-resources librarian, the collection development specialist on our collection development team who focuses on bringing in all of those digital platforms, online learning, your traditional research databases into our ecosystem so that our patrons can access those. Sometimes there are hiccups and blips that happen in technology. Uh, And so, you know, working with vendors on that and also helping uh, our staff have the tools that they need, sort of the full life cycle of one of the digital resources that we bring on board is my role. Very cool. Very cool. So you get to work with those vendors on the outside in addition to trying to support what our patrons are needing. Yeah, it's interesting to see the behind the scenes. We're seeing not only what vendors are offering now when we're bringing on a resource, but also where they're going. The concept of a roadmap is something we talk about a lot, which is pretty exciting because we get to be in a a playground almost to see what new developments are coming out. Yeah. So, well, you should probably get into um, to Udemy. That's one of the, our newer e-learning resources, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how did we decide on Udemy as an option that we thought would be valuable to our patrons? Yeah, Udemy is a great use case for looking at how we evaluate those. They partnered with a vendor, uh, Gail, and they are a tried and true name if you're used to working behind the scenes in, in library collections. They've got a very long history with libraries. And so they're a trusted partner and they get the kinds of things that libraries need. And so we were looking not only at the content, but also looking at how is the interface? Is it easy to log into? Uh, Does it have tools that users actually want? Do you get what you expect when you log in? Always important. Right, right. You know, nobody needs that kind of barrier when you're so excited about something. You know, you're so excited to have the cookie, but then you find out you don't have the keys to the cookie jar. One thing that really impressed us with Udemy is how focused they were on looking at the future of libraries. They laid out the roadmap for us to see where they're going with that and how they're listening to libraries and their, their goals. It's only going to get better from here. We're very excited about that. That's awesome. Do you have any programs that you've tried on there that you enjoyed or that you've recommended to people in the past? You know, the ones that I've actually used and completed are probably not as exciting to promote. For me, photography is one place that I would love to dive into more, especially as we roll into spring and we start to see some of the spring flowers. And they keep adding more. They have over 4,000 courses. So <laughs> you'll never be bored. That's that's great. Thank you for sitting down with me today and talking about Udemy and our e-learning and how you are helping all of our patrons. Thanks so much for taking the time. All right. So e-resources are not the only thing that uh, we have going on for the library right now. Uh, Nick, tell us... Tell us what you uh, have talked about in the Makerspace. Yeah, I had a great conversation with a new patron named Lorinda, who is an occupational therapist who has never 3D printed anything before. And she found us and what she was printing, I thought was cool enough to record it for the podcast. So let's give it a listen. 
Well, Lorenda, uh, it's super nice to meet you, and um, thanks for taking the time to, you know, talk with us a little bit about yourself and why you, um, you know, decided to check out the Johnson County Library and, and the remote services through the Makerspace. Thank you. <laughs> so, looking forward um, to it. Awesome. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about yourself and, and why you signed up for remote 3D printing. Um, I'm a pediatric occupational therapist in the area. And so I work with kids with special needs, um, some of which have motoric, um, uh, we'll see. So some of them have disabilities that impact their motor skills. And so um, they have difficulty activating glitches or playing with toys, um, like kids that are typically um, developing their age. Um, and so we use, we adapt toys so that um, they're able to hit a large button um, and be able to activate um, a toy that might sing or dance um, or blow bubbles for them. Um, they might it might vibrate um, or have like a fun light display um, and they get to be able to activate that toy independently um, which is very powerful for kiddos to be able to do that as well as parents um, be able to have toys that their kids can play with um, without their support that is awesome. um, so, yeah, so we're using the um, makerspace to help us design um, some switches that they can that the kids can then use to activate those toys. That is so cool. So, you know, basically um, the files that you, you shared with me, you know, we've got four basic components. Um, they all are 3D printed individually. They come together with one electronic component um, that is the actual switch that connects to the toy or the device that you want to, you know, turn on or off. And so, you know, we're 3D printing those and we're then we will, you know, put them on the hold shelf for you to pick up at the library. And, you know, this is just one example of, of some of the cool things that patrons are, are 3D printing. Um, there are tons of other examples, but, you know, a lot of times they're maybe experimenting with an entrepreneurial idea or, you know, fixing something around the house. Um, and what I love is just the times where it's, you know, potentially a, a, a life-changing device, you know, and, and maybe this isn't um, going to be, you know, uh, transformative for every kiddo, um, but it sounds like for a couple, like it could be really, really useful. Definitely. Um, just the joy that kids get when they have figured out that they can activate something and make something happen that they enjoy. Um, pretty powerful um, for all of us as human beings, but for the kiddos that have um, difficulty kind of accessing their environment um, and making things happen even more powerful for them. And that's so cool. And this is the first time that you've ever, um, you know, had anything 3D printed or explored 3D modeling stuff, right? Um, correct. Uh, I've, I've been adapting toys for quite a while now, um, but then had a friend in Arizona that had designed a switch for his daughter um, using 3D printing software. And um, he was, I was excited that he shared that with me and was, um, and now I'm able to print his file and see what he's been doing and then also um, make that accessible to other kids. 
That is so cool. Um, well, Lorinda, thanks for taking a moment uh, out of your day to do this. And um, we are going to 3D print those objects for you, get them on the hold shelf, and let you know as soon as they are ready. So excited. You know, um, the stay-at-home orders, this whole COVID situation, people working from home, um, and then folks that, you know, are really struggling financially and not either having trouble um, finding a new job, uh, find themselves out of work. You know, fortunately, the library has a lot of resources to help those people. And so uh, I sat down with... Um, our uh, career and finance librarian, Marty Johannes, and she talked about an individual who is a retiree who decided that he wanted to help out. And so I think I'm not going to give much more of the story away than that. And let's just give it a listen. So when we're talking about things you can still do through the library right now, a lot of people have concerns about their finances and, and maybe their career. But, um, you know, when you're trying to get your finances in order, a lot of us don't have the money to pay for a financial advisor. Well, here's career and uh, finance librarian Marty Johannes to talk about an option for you. Hi, Marty. Hi, Dave. Yes, we have developed um, a unique and exciting partnership with uh, a retired business executive who lives in our community and who, in his retirement, serves as a pro bono financial advisor for those who aren't able to afford a financial advisor of their own. Um, Emerson Hartzler uh, has had a very distinguished career before retiring. retiring. He served as the um, director of the management consulting division for Touche Ross. He was the vice president of new product development for Retirement Centers of America, and he was the executive director of cardiovascular consultants. And then when he retired, um, and I put that in quotes because um, in my mind, he never really retired. He decided to um, serve as a pro bono financial advisor, first of all, with um, a group called Triune Financial Partners for eight years, and then um, as an independent pro bono financial consultant on his own. Since 2007, he has served over 350 individuals and families in the community doing all of his work on a pro bono basis, in other words, without charge. And much of his work involves helping clients plan and manage their income and expenses on a monthly basis so that over time they can achieve financial success. Through Johnson County Library, he um, presents two programs. The first program, 21st Century Budgeting with Mint.com, provides an overview of 
the importance of a budget um, and then a demonstration of the power of setting up and maintaining a budget in Mint.com. And then attendees are given the opportunity to uh, schedule an appointment, a one-on-one appointment via Zoom during the pandemic, uh, but eventually face-to-face with Emerson to set up and maintain their own personal budget in Mint.com. Wow. That sounds, he sounds like a very charitable, caring person. I mean, there's, there's really nothing in it for him financially or or anything like that. He, He just wants to help. I know. I must admit, when he contacted the library, I was a little bit skeptical. So I met with him and agreed to um, have him help me set up and maintain a budget in Mint.com. Kind of like a guinea pig. Yeah, exactly. And um, as a result of my experience, I became very enthusiastic about um, the power of a budget in Mint.com. Unfortunately, there are some pain points in Uh Mint.com, and Emerson is able to help people navigate those pain points. Um, I think without his help, I would have given up. Um, So there are a few few places, uh, a few uh, points along the way where it's very, very helpful to have someone um, help you right. so that you can get past those. And, you know, what what a benefit to, to have a financial expert as your personal guide through um, a, a website and uh, to, to get all those things in order. That That is pretty neat. He's a wonderful person. Um, okay. I've been working with him now for almost two years, and I have been so very impressed with um, him and his desire to give back in his retirement. He is a a self-admitted nerd. He loves working with Excel spreadsheets and Uh figures, and this is just a, a way for him to give back. That, He's very generous-minded um, and um, enjoys helping people um, achieve financial success, which gives them such peace of mind. Yeah, and also enables them down the road to give back. So sure. Well, if that sounds like that's something that's interesting to you, and really all of us need financial help, um, please go to our website. That's jocolibrary.org. You can look for events like this, uh, like the three that uh, Emerson's involved in, or several other uh, career and finance options. Just go to our events section and and search there. Uh, Also, on the homepage of our website, we have a career and finance um, little uh, advertisement there lower in the page it'll take you to some great resources and you can always click on the top navigation research and you'll see a career planning and jobs section there's a lot of great resources there on our website as well oh and there's also a personal finance page with an archive of all of of our the recordings of our programs 
That's great. Well, thanks for mentioning that. And thank you so much for telling us all about Emerson. My pleasure. Thanks, Dave. So we want to make sure that we're not ignoring the kids, right? And so, um, although it's fine for kids to start budgeting and financial planning. Yeah, you got to start somewhere, right? Start too early. Um, You can't start. That's right. You can't start too early. In fact, if if your six-year-old starts right now, they might be able to retire um, way before they have to do a podcast. Start working 10 years early. You finish Um, working 10 years early, right? That's how it goes. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, Shannon, I understand you talked to uh, some uh, young adults and kids librarians about what exactly? Yeah, I did. So for, you know, if your six-year-old is not too into retirement planning, um, one of the things that the library has offered for them uh, even before the pandemic were these book clubs. They do them for kids and teens and, and adults too. And they would be hosted at various branches across the country. And of course, with the pandemic, that became a lot more difficult. So I wanted to uh, talk to you Emma Fernhout and Emily DeVore about how those book clubs have changed. And I think they found there were some challenges, um, but also some real opportunities. So let's have a listen to what they have to say. Hi, could you each introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Emma, and I am a youth information specialist at Monticello Library. And I'm Emily. I am also a youth service specialist, and my home branch is Monticello. And I know a program that the two of you were or have been a part of is the kids book clubs that the library hosts for kids and teens. And I wondered if you could talk to us a little bit about how those have changed over the past year. Yeah, so we used to gather kids across about four or five branches in a room and give them all free books. And now with the pandemic since summer, we have had to convert to using Zoom and then also figure out how to get free books to kids to maintain that accessibility and to grow kids libraries. Yeah, so last uh, summer when we realized that we were going to um, have to go virtual, uh, book clubs was one of the first things that we went to, that it seemed pretty feasible to be able to move a book club onto a Zoom platform. Um, So we took it and ran with it, and then came fall, we added more book clubs, and we added book clubs for adults and other programming as well. Have there been any particular challenges with moving the book clubs virtual that, you know, you didn't anticipate or that um, that you miss about the way things used to be before or anything like that? Some of those challenges have been gifts in disguise, I think, because we have had to go from like four or five tween book clubs to only one. So how do we collaborate as a staff on one, which has been quite cool, I think. I have worked with people that I maybe have only met briefly in the past, so I've been able to make some new connections through those challenges. Yeah, and I would say the same thing that... One of the things I miss about 
our in-person book clubs was the relationship that we got to build with the kids in our branches because we'd see them in the branch. We'd see them um, checking out books and we'd also get to interact with them at other programs. Um, so that's been that community building is definitely different than it was before. But we actually have a different community um, that we're interacting with kids from all the way across the county that we wouldn't have been able to do before, that I wouldn't have met before. Um, and the kids, the same thing. They're not they're meeting kids that go to different schools from them and things like that. So there are challenges, but um, there's some positives, too, that come out of all of those challenges. Yeah, that does sound like a, a benefit. Have there been any other benefits or unexpected upsides to hosting the book clubs virtually that you hope will continue after we go back to, you know, normal or whatever normal looks like in the future? Yeah, we have been so lucky to be able to invite some of the authors of the books we've been reading to our book clubs. Since it's all virtual, we are not constrained by location or having to fly someone in. Um, So that has been such a gift to the librarians and the kids. I think we get just as excited as the kids to meet the authors and to ask them questions. And I think uh, the authors have really enjoyed that too, getting to hear um, from their own readers of how they relate to books. That has been so lovely. Yeah, it's been really fun to, uh, we tell the kids like, oh yeah, Julie Murphy's coming next week or next month. And they're like, what do you mean she's coming? And we're like, she's coming to our book club. And they're like, no, she's not. I'm like, yeah, she is. So it's been really fun to like be able to engage with the authors. Uh, yeah, Emma and I geek out over authors. All the librarians do really. Absolutely. Having yeah. the kids get a chance to like, um, meet them in a way that they wouldn't have been able to before. Typically when we do authors that we bring into the library um, in person, it's we're bringing an author to speak to a large group of kids. But because we're in small Zoom groups, um, they really get an intimate experience to, to interact with the authors that they would not have gotten before, which is a pretty cool mm-hmm. experience. We end today's show with another installment of In Search of Paul Rudd. So, one of the things that we're trying to do with our new podcast is add a new segment at the end of each show. And we call it In Search of Paul Rudd. This is a segment where I call people that I know and I try to find some contact for Paul Rudd. And so today I'm reaching out to someone I've known since junior high. And that's my old time friend, Paul Mazzoni. How you doing, Paul? Really good. Just great. Loving it. <laughs> what, what what do you think of this segment um, in search of Paul Rudd? Well, um, yeah, I had no idea what I was getting into. And even after that explanation, I'm still not quite sure um, how I can help. Well, but. It, you know, it might beg for a little bit more information. So the goal is if we keep searching for Paul Rudd 
and I put enough feelers out there, we might just get Paul Rudd on the show. And then, my friend, we will have put this podcast on the map. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Or it will be a really entertaining <laughs> or lame um, little treat for the people that actually stay to the very end of each show. Um, so I'll just go ahead and ask you, um, do you have Paul Rudd? Do you have Paul Rudd's phone number? I don't. No. Do you have any kind of contact information whatsoever? I've never spoken to Paul Rudd. I would, uh, I'd love to talk to Paul Rudd, but, um, it's probably never going to happen. Uh, the, yeah, the closest, you, you know who the guy is though, right? Oh, most, yeah, sure. Everybody knows. Paul yeah, Rudd. You, you know, he's, he's, he's from, uh, uh, you know, Shawnee Mission, Kansas. Yep. He went to Shawnee Mission West through, High School. Did he go to West, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's the deal. Um, my wife went, graduated the same year Rob Riggle did from South. Of course, those two guys are very close. Um, at least I think Riggle went to South. <laughs> now I'm starting <laughs> to doubt it. But I, I thought I looked that up. But that's kind of funny. Though. How did they? How did those two know each other? But um, Julie, yeah. my wife had more than one sibling that went to West and I don't know if they were there at the same time as Paul Rudd or not. Oh, well, well, let me ask you this. Does she have contact information for Rob Riggle? No. And in fact, she didn't even know who (laughs) Rob Riggle was or that he graduated from the same class. So it's pretty sad. And that's that's another one about Rob Riggle. It's probably more that my wife wasn't popular well, so I I, I I wonder if if you remember, you know, we 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 uh, were in forensics together, you and I, and uh, we we uh, did a, a duo. Do you remember that duo? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do uh, of mice and men. men. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I was Lenny, and you were. I forgot the guy's name. Uh, I almost said was Blues. I was thinking Lenny. Uh, <laughs> no, Lenny, and um, oh gosh. Imagine, George, you just put George, yeah, George, yep. yeah, yeah, because I, I just the lines are still in my head. I can see it, George. I can see it. <laughs> and then you shoot me in the back of the head, and, you go down and like our Jello. forensics coach said, uh, "Be like Jello." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are fond oh. memories. The uh, improvised duet act, though, I'd like to forget about those. <laughs> Well, so that's the thing. Do you remember seeing Paul Rudd at forensics no. tournaments back in the day? No. No. Okay. Do you? Um, I, I, I do. And and man, the king, the, the, the guy was the king of improvised duet acting at the time. And I remember going to the state championship and seeing him at the finals. And of course they took first place. And you just knew that he was going to make it big. But he used to go to tournaments and he was like heavily inspired by Robin Williams at the time. And so he'd wear those kind of pleated pants and like rainbow uh, suspenders. Man, I wish I could remember that. But um, I mean, I figured that's where you were going when you brought this up. But um, (laughs) I I didn't think it was going to be at the same time that we were there. I thought you were going to say that he did forensics and that was, you know. Well, you know, so 
I, I guess my secret hope was that at one of these forensics tournaments, you were grabbing a Danish <laughs> and a coffee or whatever. You bumped into Paul. You started up. Or maybe yeah. you guys have like a secret society of Pauls. Yeah, other than our own class. That seems legit. Yeah, it's – it's yeah. I wish there was such a thing. But yeah, no, other than our own classmates – ah, man, I can't remember anybody else that – or didn't make friends with anyone from other schools mm. while we were in forensics. So yeah. in conclusion to this little bit, I'm going to, I'm going to put you as a, a, a no as <laughs> somebody who knows how to contact Paul Rudd. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. That's what you're going to have to do. All right. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> On to the next one. Did You Hear is a production of Johnson County Library in Johnson County, Kansas, USA. Find new episodes each month on our website, jocolibrary.org, and older episodes at jocolibrary.org slash didyouhear. You can subscribe to the Did You Hear podcast from our streaming home, jocolibrary.podbean.com, or search for Joco Library or Did You Hear at your favorite podcast streaming service. Also, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash jocolibrary, on Twitter at jocolibrary, on Instagram, instagram.com slash jocolibrary, and check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash jocolibrary. We'd love to hear from you via email. Write to us at didyouhear at jocolibrary.org. Hear a brand new episode on the first of next month. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.